now we do the talkie talk. Talk a walker. No, it's the talkie talk. Talk a walker. Talk a walker flocker. No. Yes. From the field to the hardwood, flags are sure to fly when these two are involved. You're listening to Sideline Warning with Christine Butterfield and Ryan Chapman, presented by the Highball Network. Well, Super Bowl Sunday came, it went, and Christine, I feel like it left many wanting. Wanting more, perhaps? That's that would be what the phrase "left wanting" generally means. I thought it was I thought to, it was completed as "left wanting more," like not just "left wanting." Have you been? Have you ever seen a Knight's Tale? No. What? No, I I haven't. <sighs> anyway, that's Christine Butterfield <laughs> at CB on Sports. Please roast her accordingly. One of Heath Ledger's greatest works. I'm Ryan Chapman, as you know, at Apparently Radio's not. Ryan. It, it is. That is an idiotic <laughs> statement you just made you should not even no you should not even joke about it that was an idiotic statement i don't care if it was a joke or not we are banishing you for that opinion okay bye so have fun doing the pod all by yourself yeah this is this is the solo pod where ryan talks super bowl as tampa tom tom brady Got his seventh world championship. That is now more than any other franchise in the history of the National Football League. Tom Brady has won seven Super Bowls. The next closest would be the Patriots and the Steelers with six. So uh, that's a nice little stat when one person has more titles than every franchise in history. Not bad, eh? That's kind of crazy. Not bad at all. 31-9. to The Buccaneers' defense, Christine, was kind of the story of this because Patrick Mahomes, man, that dude, he was running for his life from the first snap all the way to the final whistle. This was what was so impressive, Christine, because I've seen the Chiefs lose. I've seen them lose in a fluky way. I've seen them lose where the opposing team just grounds and pounds and chews the clock, and, and the Chiefs really have to physically be perfect on offense. I haven't quite seen them lose this way where that Tampa Bay defensive line was just wreaking havoc the entire night. Patrick Mahomes on the run, and his receivers weren't getting open downfield in the scramble drill. It was just uh, a stunning turn of events uh, as far as how the Buccaneers end up winning that football game. Yeah, I thought the offensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs was one of the worst things I have ever seen in football. It was one of the worst offensive lines I've seen all season, And from a team that's played really well the entire season to kind of fall apart at that moment, I mean, you kind of hate to see it. I think everyone wanted this game to be more competitive and to be a lot better than it was. But at the same time, we kind of knew that Tampa Tom was going to come out. Tom Brady was going to be just elite. And Did we? I thought so. I didn't. It's a dude that turned the ball over three times in the second half of the NFC Championship game. I just... Like, the, the Buccaneers limped across the finish line... I'm not, I didn't Green say the Buccaneers. Bay. I said that Tom Brady. Because of Tom Brady's play. Exactly. That, that's what I'm saying, that Tom Brady threw three second-half interceptions and the Buccaneers limped across the line because he was awful in the second half in Green Bay. Yeah, but when it comes to the Super Bowl, he just 
goes crazy. In his last outing, he scored 13 points against the Rams. Well, it's not really going crazy. No. So like, I I don't. It's know. not like it's it's not like it's crazy at all that Tom Brady performed well in the Super Bowl. I don't think it was like a known quantity that Brady was just going to go out there and set the world on fire. I mean, he really didn't, honestly. If you just look at his stat line in isolation, 21 of 29, so efficient, but not really throwing the ball a ton, just 201 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Like, ostensibly, like, that doesn't look like Tom Brady going crazy. That was just Tom Brady being smart with the football and, and converting when he needed to. Well, is it crazy for, like, his age, though? Because I feel like someone of his age wouldn't be able to even play like that at all. I mean, yeah, but... So, I mean, for for where he's at in his career, that's probably pretty... I don't want to say as good as he can do, but, like, that's a pretty high standard for someone of his age still playing and putting up the numbers like that. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I don't necessarily agree with the notion that Tom Brady just went nuts just because the Tampa Buccaneers weren't asking him to, like, push the ball 50 yards downfield. You know what I mean? They were just asking him to slice and dice in the red zone, which he was, like... Really efficient. Uh, Rob Gronkowski came out and had the best game of the season for him by far. What a time to pick it, uh, you know, in a Super Bowl after he'd been kind of, you know, used sparingly all year long. Like, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers didn't win because of Tom Brady's play. I think they were inspired by Tom Brady. I think he was absolutely the emotional leader of that team. And he didn't That's do not anything. what I was getting at. Well, but I feel like you kind of phrased it like Tom Brady just went off and went crazy, which is not what happened. Well, I mean, I think he went into the game with the mindset of knowing he was going to have to basically think that he needed to score on every single drive for them to have a chance because that's right. what everyone's mindset is when you go against the Chiefs. So even though he didn't score on every drive, you have to have that kind of mentality or else you're going to lose. So with that kind of mentality is how he gets those conversion rates that he got in the red zone, which is what you pointed out. But I do think that the big reason why they won was because of their defense, which is what I was saying originally why um, I thought that the offensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs was terrible. Yeah, I guess I was confused. The way you phrased it of this is what we expected of Tom Brady is this is not what we expect. Like this performance in the Super Bowl. I expected him to play well. I'll rephrase it. I expected him to play really well. Yeah. And he did. That and I that, thought, so. that was like it's one of those things that it's not surprising. I just had my questions. Like as we had documented, he did not play well against the Chiefs in their first matchup. Right. He did not play well in the second half in Green Bay. So it's one of those things of was he gonna be able to string it all together? If you told me before the game that Tom Brady went out there and played well for four quarters in the Super Bowl, I would tell you that makes a lot of sense because Tom Brady's played in ten Super Bowls, so it's while everyone still feels that extra juice, it's not like the stage is ever going to be too bright for Tom Brady. But also, like, that, so much goes into it. Like, Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones were both very efficient on the ground, averaging about five yards a carry each. But also, neither one of them really popped off a bunch of gains for 40 or 50 yards, which meant that the, the Buccaneers just kept moving the chains over and over, which is kind of like what you expect when you want to battle the Chiefs. But then... When they got inside the 30, they just, like, handed the keys over to Brady and said, all right, we're in the red zone. Instead of just trying to get those tough yards, we just want you to slice and dice all the way, you know, into the end zone. And then the Chiefs get that big fourth down stop. And I thought, okay, this is what the Chiefs do in the playoffs. They get behind. Then they have a big moment that flips the game for them. In their case, or in in the case of the Super Bowl, it was going to be 
a defensive play, and I expected, okay, now Patrick Mahomes is going to come back down, and this game's going to be over. Like, the yeah. Chiefs are going to start their comeback. Yeah. They're going to kick it into overdrive. Right. And then Brady's going to have to press, and that uh -huh. just never happened. No, and it, that's exactly what I thought was going to happen, too, because I feel like the Chiefs are just really good at building off of momentum. Once they get that one play that gets everyone sparked back into kind of – that focus, they're in it, and they can come back from pretty much any deficit. So once they got that fourth down stop, I, I thought, okay, this is what they needed. They got that play to start their momentum, and now they'll be set. And that's not what happened, and it still didn't matter because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' defense just was not allowing anything to happen for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the amount of yards he scrambled in this game was just insane. And I don't think that Patrick Mahomes could have really done any better because – he like was he at one point laid out parallel with the ground, still got the ball off into practically the hands of one of the receivers, and he still couldn't catch it. So at that point, well, and, and it was just that play was absolutely bonkers. Right. But there was another one too, another just like scramble jill that ended up right in the hands of a Chiefs wide receiver. And I'm just like, if those two had been caught, like we might be talking about something completely different. Of exactly. literally, like. Tampa Bay threw everything they could. They got to they got to Mahomes. They pressured him, and he somehow escaped and still got all the stuff. Instead, every break went the Buccaneers' way. But I, I think at some point you're creating your own chaos. You're creating your own luck. As uh, Diana Rossini of ESPN, she put this out on the Twitter machine. So Patrick Mahomes' total was pressured the most of any quarterback in Super Bowl history. Twenty nine pressures, which equivocated to fifty two percent of his dropbacks in the first half Mahomes was pressured in the first half alone on 57 percent of his dropbacks compared to nine and a half percent for Brady so right. that that right there tells you like this game is by no means an indictment on Patrick Mahomes it no. does not mean that he's not the next great thing or anything like that because if, if you're looking at the scoreline you might be like oh well, what happened to my Mahomes? well it wasn't him he did no. everything he could his receivers didn't get open in the scramble drill and like you said, his offensive line just couldn't hold up. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought, too, because when you make crazy passes like that in the scramble and you're still able to look down the field and find an open receiver and pass an accurate ball to them and they don't catch it, there's nothing more you can do in that situation. So I kind of felt bad for Mahomes there. But at the same time, I think I think this was Tom Brady's Super Bowl to win and the Chiefs to lose because – I mean, frankly, it's one of those situations where the Chiefs had everything to lose and the Buccaneers had everything to gain. So it's just it's just tough. But ultimately, Tom Brady wins his seventh Super Bowl. So yeah, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I feel like in the Super Bowl, everyone has everything to gain. Like it's the Super Bowl. Well, but they're the defending champs. You know, like you have like you have that writing on you. You have. Like, you know what that feels like, like the year before you're already back. And so you kind of have that moment right there just for someone else to take away, I feel like. I I guess, like, I know that the Buccaneers, and, and this was said after the game, that, like, all week long, Bruce Arians used the nobody's picking you to win this game, blah, 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 blah. Frankly, I think that the, oh, well, they weren't motivated to play in the Super Bowl or they had everything to lose and your team had nothing, nothing to lose. But I think that's like horseshit. Like you're like in the NFL more than any other sport, the championship window is so small. So I think that anytime you're in a Super Bowl, even if you've been 
even if you won the last one and you're playing in it, that could be the last time you ever step foot Okay, that yeah. deep into the playoffs. So I, I like. Let me, I guess let me re let me rework. I didn't mean like oh like they had nothing to lose playing like, in the Super I Bowl. The, I just mean like the defending champs have like everything to lose because they just won is more so what I meant. Yeah, I still like I I understand what you're saying, and it's a very popular notion, and I'm not saying that you're wrong for that. I just I don't buy into that okay. really. Like I I just always feel like in the NFL. Especially with how quickly now, how short the shelf life is. I mean, what does NFL stand for, as the players would say, not for long. Like, Patrick Mahomes, yeah, maybe he doesn't have as much pressure on him because he's going to be the quarterback of that team. He's going to have every opportunity to make it back just because of his skill set. But nobody else on that team's guaranteed anything. None of them are guaranteed that they'll be back next year. So I- I've just never bought into that. If that makes sense, not necessarily that you yourself are wrong, Christine. I just, I just, I just don't buy into that. Like it's the Super Bowl. Everyone has everything to play for. No, you're right. I mean, I mean, I mean, I understand where you're coming from. Because that was Tom Brady's tenth Super Bowl he played in. By that logic, okay, he's not the defending champ, but he already has six. What does one more mean? You know what I mean? Okay, and then, but then no, I don't, I don't think it's the exact same. No, it's thing. not. No, it's not because this whole. I feel like this whole season for Tom Brady was proving that he didn't need the Patriots and didn't need Bill Belichick. So to that's win more a Super Bowl. pressure on himself to win the Super Bowl. Yes. So that would be more pressure on Brady than the Chiefs, which flies in the face of the Chiefs are the ones with everything to lose. You see what I mean? Like, I didn't. I didn't say that like the Bucks had nothing to lose, so they didn't have any pressure. What I'm what I'm saying is, they both had a lot to gain. And they both had a lot to lose, but the Chiefs probably had, as a whole, more pressure than the Bucks did. But Tom Brady held a lot of pressure in his own right because of what he wanted to prove from the Super Bowl. So what if you're the rest of the Bucks? Tom Brady has been to the Super Bowl before he was with the Bucks. Tom Brady has been to the Super Bowl nine times and won six of them. So if Tom, if the Bucks lose the Super Bowl. No one's gonna blame Tom Brady. Wouldn't that just be as much pressure on the rest you of the team? You don't think people wouldn't blame Tom Brady? No. You just you just talked about how he didn't play that great. Yeah. No. So so what if they no lose one's and- gonna come in and be like Tom Brady is the reason that this team lost and he's holding them back? No, it's Tom Brady. He's won six Super. He himself before that game had equaled every franchise in the NFL. Yeah. No one's gonna be like Tom Brady. Like, but he won it all with the Patriots, so you have to think of them as, like, two separate entities. Like, if he was with the Patriots and Bill Belichick for six years and won, and then he's with a whole nother team now, like, he does fall into part of what would lose that game, if even the- though even though that, like, the variable that changes is the team he's on, and I understand that. It's still different because I feel like they would both hold a lot of weight where Tom Brady would be like, oh, well, you know, maybe he needed Bill Belichick. Maybe he couldn't get it done without him. But then, obviously, they're like, oh, maybe he didn't have, like, the best defense surrounding him so that he couldn't have won possibly without that. You really think the narrative would have been the brights are too, the lights are too bright for Tom Brady in That's his 10th Super said. Bowl? That is not the, what if, I said. If, you, if you're saying that he can't win it without Belichick, you're essentially saying that Brady can't get it done on the big stage without Bill Belichick. As opposed to the other fifty-two guys on the roster, I'm saying what people could say the narrative was. I'm what not you, saying what I would you, believe what in that. What do you think? The, what do you think is more likely the narrative would have been that the lights were too bright for Tom Brady, or that Tom Brady got him there and the rest of the team just wasn't good enough? 
What do you think is more likely if the Bucks had lost? Well, if you look at like how he played the past season, you even pointed it out earlier in this podcast where he threw three interceptions in the previous game. And so then you would like if you take that into the next game where they lose and he's not as efficient throughout the entire game, you're like, maybe it was Tom Brady's fault. I have I have no faith in it. Why would anyone blame Tom Brady, the person who's proven he can do it more times than anyone else in the history of football? It would be on his teammates. That's what the that would be the pressure. That would be we all gave up, you know, we all restructured. I'm Chris Godwin. I gave up my number twelve for Tom Brady to come in. If I'm Cameron Braid, I'm like, I gave up my role so that Gronk could come in. Those two guys know how to win Super Bowls. We, the Buccaneers, have never sniffed it since two thousand two, the last time we won one, where Tom Brady has popped off how many Super Bowls since like the narrative absolutely would have been Tom Brady just didn't have the group around him to do it. And maybe if he was a little bit younger, he could have overcome that by himself. Like the whole narrative. Okay, so. The whole narrative would have been if Tom Brady was a little bit younger, he could have overcome that by himself. But he's a little bit older and his teammates just weren't good. Like there's just as much pressure on the Buccaneers in this game than the Chiefs. And anyone that says any differently, it's baloney. It's a it's a Super Bowl. So I I've just never bought into that. I think it's silly like. It's the Super Bowl. Both teams are highly motivated. Both teams want to win that game. Everyone in football understands that there's no guarantee you're going to be back. So I, I just think it's silly, which is which is why when we get blowouts in the Super Bowl, which, by the way, that stat I gave you that 65% of Super Bowls have been decided by eight or more points. Well, that stat just ticked up one more as, as the Buccaneers win this. But an absolutely dominant performance by the Buccaneers defense over Patrick Mahomes, the anointed one. The baby goat. So shout out to Tom Brady for his seventh. Shout out to Gronk for his 100th career touchdown. What a time to get it. But Christine, up next, your brainchild, Roaster Toast. If you love the Big 12, then we have the show for you. The 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. Forget the SEC, forget the Big 10, and forget national podcasts that only talk about Oklahoma and Texas. We talk about the Sooners and the Longhorns. We also talk about the Cyclones, the Cowboys, the Wildcats, the Mountaineers, the Jayhawks, the Red Raiders, the Horn Frogs, and the Bears. We love the whole Big 12, and we are available everywhere that podcasts are found. So go and find the 1012 Podcast and subscribe today. All right, welcome back. We have Roast or Toast. Now, for those of you listening at home, this is not confined to just Super Bowl stuff. It can be anything. There were other things that went on. Um, after the Super Bowl this weekend. I'm not sure if people are aware of that, but both of mine, and Christine, did happen to come from the Super Bowl just on happenstance. So would you like to lead off or, or would you like me to go first? I can go first, and I will start with my toast. Kansas basketball finally got a win. Congratulations. Jeez, that took way too long. And since they beat Oklahoma State, who was ranked 23, does this mean that they're back in the top 25? Probably, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have Kansas's uh, qu- uh, schedule off the top of my head. Do they have another game this week? Uh, hold, please. We are holding. Yeah, I mean, assuming that Kansas, you know, wins, um, if they're playing an unranked opponent, they should probably pop back in. They can just take Oklahoma State's spot. If they have a ranked opponent, obviously they're going to have to win the game, and then they'll absolutely 100% vault back in. So it looked like Bill Self and his Jayhawks 
just said, hey, we're gonna we're gonna commit to just playing really good defense. We're gonna get back to the basics, and, and it worked out against Cade Cunningham, the proverbial top pick in, in his Oklahoma State Cowboys. Yeah, they have a game against Iowa State on oh, Thursday, yeah. so they, they should, should win. They should win that one, then they'll pop right back in. Yeah, so it should be fine. So they basically just got rid of their top twenty-five. Yeah, you know they hadn't been out of the top twenty-five for twelve years thing just to get right back in there. So well, they did break the streak. So I guess. What's the point of a streak? So you can start a new one. I guess. Something I don't like think that. So. I don't. I don't like that though. But anyway, toast to Kansas basketball for uh, getting it done and finally getting a win. Kind of a slight roast though that I have to point out. They started cheering that Cade Cunningham was overrated. Yeah, I'm, and as a team that is now out of the top twenty-five, probably one of the worst ba- Kansas basketball teams we've seen in. I want to say decades for you to cheer that one of like the top prospect going into this draft is overrated. I think that that's a pretty, pretty bad look. I've never understood the overrated chant. You're basically just like diminishing your own accomplishment. Like if you go out there and you beat the number one team or you're beating the number one team and then you're going overrated, then you're basically saying that really good team that we just beat is actually way less good. So our win looks worse. Like, I, I, I mean, I see where your thought process is. I think it just means that like everyone else thought that they were on this pedestal and the team that's cheering the overrated thing is like, oh, we knew that you weren't good. Like you weren't better than us, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're bad. That just means that you're not better than us. Well, just means you're not better than them on that day. Although look, who am I to say student section, just go off, have fun. You don't, the, it doesn't have to all make sense. It doesn't have to all <laughs> connect the dots. Just have fun. Okay. Is that your toast? That is my toast. Okay, so I'll do my roast. I'm roasting T-Mobile because Super Bowl commercials are very expensive. T-Mobile had one where it's their new ad campaign where they have two people FaceTiming and one person on one end says something. In this instance, it was Gwen Stefani, and she was explaining to Adam Levine what she wants in a man, a highly cultured individual, blah, 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 blah. And then they basically say, but Adam didn't have T-Mobile, and this is what he saw with his network, blah, 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 blah. And then Adam Levine sees this, you know, it, that uh, distorted. Yeah, this distorted, like that he wants someone uncultured, all that stuff. And then Adam's like, I'm going to convince Gwen to go out with Blake Shelton. And then, of course, that makes sense. Fine commercial, but you're not going to go out and spend five and a half, six million dollars on that spot and throw your, your second best pitch because on social media, T Mobile released one with Gronkowski and Tom Brady where Tom at the end of last season's FaceTime and Gronk, and he's like, what should I do, man? Should I retire? And Gronk sent him a video that's like, you should absolutely retire. Like, I'm out here every day on the golf course, these nice soft greens. Come on down to Florida. We can have so much fun, all this stuff. And then it does the what Tom saw. And it's like, Gronk's like, don't retire. You're soft. Come on down to Florida. Win another championship. And then it like jumps to Tom Brady's introductory press conference of like, Gronk and I are coming. And, and then Gronk's like, am I retiring from retirement? And, like, that was their better commercial. But they put it out on social media for free and put the Gwen Stefani, Adam Levine, Blake Shelton one in their $6 million spot. So I'm roasting T-Mobile for throwing their second best pitch. Why would you do that? You know 
I didn't see this Tom Brady oh, it's phenomenal. commercial, but from what I understand from you, totally worth the roast. That is such bad planning on T-Mobile's part. How could they let this happen? Like, Tom Brady put it out on his Instagram on, like, Saturday, and I'm just like, oh, this is a fantastic commercial. T-Mobile just didn't want to pay the $6 million, so they're just going to pay Tom and Gronk to do it. Like, awesome commercial. Nope. They paid the $6 million for a different one. I know. I'm just like, what is happening? Why? Maybe they didn't want to jinx it or something? Maybe. I, By I, talking about the championship? Well, I wonder if there's something weird about Tom Brady and Gronk being in the game and then also being in a commercial. Maybe they were like, this is a bad look. Let's not do this. So it was interesting. Still, should have gone with the Tom Brady and Gronk one. Better commercial. Come on. Easy money. Easy money. My roast... This week goes to the Los Angeles Lakers. What'd the Lakers do? They almost lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder in overtime. Oh. How? It's they, the, Christine, it's, like, the, it's the regular season. I know. Okay, let's, I, I listen. I know there's the they whole, were like, playing, we don't care. They were playing without Anthony Davis, like the second best player in basketball. We don't care. It's just the Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay, yeah. So when you don't care, you're going to go to OT against one of the worst teams in the in, in NBA right now. It's the regular season in the NBA. It's 1 to 70. Did they win the game? Yeah, they won That's by all seven. It's <laughs> all that matters. Barely. It's all that matters. They blew them out in overtime. Like, it's all that matters. They won the game. It's I'm the still, regular season. I'm still roasting. I hate, I hate when games like this happen where one of these elite teams is just like, Oh, we don't care. Oh, oh, now this is kind of embarrassing. I guess we have to try now. It's not embarrassing. It's a LeBron James team. They don't turn it on until after the All-Star break anyway. No, I mean, they're supposed to be good, but LeBron doesn't really turn it on until no, that like time. The, yeah, and when LeBron doesn't turn it on, the whole team doesn't turn it on. Eh, I don't know. I think I, I think They were playing without Anthony Davis. Well, yes, I'm just, okay. But, like, I think there's a couple players on there that, like, they carry a lot of the weight until LeBron is like, oh, I'm, I'm good now. It's, God, it's a regular season game against the Thunder. I was bored. Okay. And I cover the Thunder, and I'm bored. Right. Like, that's yeah. The last time they played them, the, the game was done by halftime. Of course they're going to be like, okay, they're shorthanded. We don't have Anthony Davis, fine. And then they get, oh, in the last five minutes, what did they do? They said, oh, crap, this is the game. We'll turn it on. They just happened to not get the last shot to fall, so it had to go to overtime. Ah, nah. All right, here's my toast. Tom Brady, and here's why. Him and Tyron Matthew got into it multiple occasions during the Super Bowl, but you know what? Tom Brady won the game. He has his seven rings. He has Giselle at home. He has Gronk every day at the facility. Tom Brady, the classier, bigger man, he went ahead and he texted Tyron Matthew and apologized for all the smack talk, saying that his emotions got the best of him during the Super Bowl. Tom, you didn't have to do this. You didn't have to do it at all. But shout out to you for being the bigger guy. Best player it's, to ever play the game. It's so much Upstanding easier. Upstanding individual. Good job, Tommy. Tompa Tom. What a guy. It's so much easier for you to be the stand-up man when you won, though. Talk shit, get hit. Like, back it up. Well, yeah, I know. But, like, it's so much easier for them to be like, oh, I'm sorry. I have, like, all the winnings now. But I'm just – I'm going to apologize because it's the right thing to do. No feelings hurt. Well, maybe if Tyron Matthew had won the Super Bowl, he could apologize and, and come out on top. Probably. But instead, like an idiot, he decided to trash talk Tom Brady of all people. I That's the stupidest thing in the world. I would never trash talk someone as elite as Tom Brady. Yeah. I'd Like, the life. only interaction I would have with him is, oh, my gosh, Tom, I'm so sorry. Didn't mean to make contact with you after the whistle. You look so good. 
you're so good at football. I just hope to one day be able to like one- all of this right after the ball. Yes, exactly. Yeah. One day I hope after that the play is over. I hope that we're in a cafe eating lunch in France. And I'm just reading my paper and I look up and I see you across the way. And, and we don't talk. We don't talk, but but we know. But we know. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> I don't hate that. I don't hate that vision. I just don't know if you'd have enough time to get all of that out. No, I would. Would got you be all following? No, would you be following him to the bench? No, we would. We would have. We would have stopped. The refs would not have started winding the clock because they would see that this is like we're, we're solving world peace at mm. the fifty-yard line. Yeah. Wow. For sure. Wow. Did you see that video of uh, Tom Brady in the post-game presser where he like looked at Gronk and he was like, "Hey, buddy." Did you see that? No. Oh, it was so cute. I didn't watch any of the post game stuff. My fa- I didn't either, but I'm I just, saw it on the I'm just waiting for uh, Brady and Gronk to post their video where they're playing the song, just like awkwardly bobbing their head, smirking. Because everyone knows that's those are my favorite videos. Yeah, those are good. Brady and Gronk are phenomenal. But but yeah, but Brady like in the post game presser, he uh, he looked at Gronk and he's like, "Hey, dude." Congrats, you deserved this. And he like has like the biggest smile on his face, and he's like, "You got it, buddy." They're and then so he winks, and then he winks at him, <laughs> and then he gets on with the rest of the conference. I just, I just think that the rest of the league should know that they just lost to the dude. Everyone in the league lost to the dude, Rob Gronkowski, who said in his media day pressers that he didn't like having to do all the workouts that the coaching staff assigned to him during the off season. So he would literally go to the track with like five different shirts. And he would just do the sprints in one day, and he would just, like, change into different shirts, take video of it, and send it to the coaching staff. I really like to imagine that Bruce Arians and the coaches are just like, we know that Gronk's doing this, but we're, just, we're not going to say anything. He feels like he got one over on us, so he feels happy. We feel like he'll be in shape by the time the Super Bowl comes around. Like, the entire league just lost to those guys. I love it. So <laughs> I think it's hysterical. Yeah, it's phenomenal. But, all right. We've got one more break here. Then after that, a big halftime performance. And if you listen to our Super Bowl preview, we nailed it. Plus our favorite commercials. Next. Next. More goofy stuff. Next. Hey, guys. Christine Butterfield here. And Madison Morris. And together we host the Winning Women podcast. This podcast is all about women's empowerment and creating a positive platform for females to tell their stories. Each week, we interview players, coaches, reporters, journalists, and much, much more. The conversations we have are unique to each guest, and they always have words of wisdom to share. Listen to the Winning Women podcast on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, presented by the Highball Network. There was a halftime show we covered this in the prop bets, Christine. We actually laid out exactly what was going to happen. There was the prop bet of what would the first song to be played. Blinding Lights, for some reason, was the favorite. And, Christine, what did you tell me on Friday? You said... Blinding Lights is the closer. Blinding Lights is the closer, and Starboy is going to be the song that, that they lead with. And, with. and what do you and know, we Christine? we were right! We were right. So, everyone, I know this wasn't a sports take, but just for... The, just so that you know, we're right pretty much all of the time. We would have made you a ton of money. The The odds on Starboy to lead was like plus 750. You put $100 down, you win 750. Congrats, everybody. You're welcome. So you should listen to us more often. You should have. But what did you think of the halftime show? I enjoyed it. Like, I, I told you on Friday, I never get too excited or have too high expectations mm-hmm. for the Super Bowl halftime. It's a very hard performance to pull off. 
because you're first off having to do a medley. Most people work in features. Yeah. You're in this confined space where you have to be entertaining, but also like G-rated so that yeah. the sponsors don't get mad at you. The audio's never good at the suit. You know, like there's so much stuff that always goes wrong. Prince is like the only one that ever did it well. Of course. That uh, I remember. So, right. Like, I thought it was fine. Listen, um, here's what I've thought. And this is coming from someone who actually enjoys listening to The weekend. Keep in mind, so I'm not trying to bash The weekend. But I feel like artists fall into two categories where you have artists that are great singers and then you have artists that are great performers. And unfortunately for The weekend, he kind of falls more into that he's a really good singer category, but he's not necessarily the most entertaining singer to watch. So even though I like his songs and I like listening to his music, that doesn't necessarily mean I think he'll have a very sh- uh, a concert that has a lot of showmanship. So for me, I knew that this is probably going to fall flat in terms of Super Bowl performances. That being said, though, the memes that he's produced on Twitter have just have led me to a lot of chuckles in the past couple of days. Oh, yes. the We will for ever use the video of, of, <laughs> of uh, him the like spinning around. spinning around in the hall of mirrors performing i can't feel my face like that will live on forever on twitter.com yes and i'm so thankful that it's there now the, uh, the, that was the best part of the second half the second half was not entertaining once like i think after the first three or four drives we realized oh my gosh tampa is just gonna they're just going to keep out. running up the score. Yeah. And so you saw all the memes of, like, Patrick Mahomes after, like, two seconds <laughs> after he snaps the ball. And he's just running around, like, what do I do? That was awesome. And then yeah. everyone just started using it for their own stuff. Like, it entertained us thoroughly in the second half. Yeah. Um, my two favorite memes from this video. The first one I felt on a personal level, which was kind of like when you go out and you're drunk and you're trying to find your friends to leave, like a bar yeah. or like a club. I thought that was really funny. And the second one I loved <laughs> was someone was like, oh, my food inside a microwave. Just like, what, what is happening? <laughs> what is happening? Spinning round and round. But yeah. yeah I, but what did you think of the halftime show? Yeah, it was it was fine. I, I liked it better than others. Was it as um, entertaining as the Shakira J-Lo? Probably not, just because no. that one was that just one was, all over the place. That was great. That one will be hard to top. Like, I, I just, it was fine. And I think also, I... It was interesting because so there wasn't the normal setup of him being on the field with a big pit of fans. So mm-hmm. sometimes you get like they're singing to the cameras in the pit of fans. I don't think it comes off super well or whatever. Whereas this one, The weekend was able to just perform strictly to the camera and they were able to frame everything in that manner. And I appreciated that because I felt more like I was at a concert as opposed to like watching a concert. And since we haven't been able to leave our house for a year, I enjoyed that. So while the weekend he's good he's is he like my favorite artist no do i dislike him no like i think the weekend's pretty good and i think that you kind of saw on twitter some of the reaction like there's going to be people that hate everything but some of the reaction was kind of like oh i didn't realize i knew this many weekend songs until this and i'm like that's always like <laughs> right well, that's never a bad thing so no. there you go yeah so, so i enjoyed it yeah i thought it was pretty good he was fine. good if he was welcome back in 5 or 6 years i don't think anyone would be too mad would be too it. mad about it so, yeah, I, I thought it was good, but let's get to, look, I feel like this is an area over the last five years that our expectations have just gotten too, too big. High. Like the commercials. I feel like every year coming out of the Super Bowl, I was like, the commercials stink. And I'm just like, well, the ad agencies want you to believe that the commercials are the most important part, so you'll stay and you'll watch the commercials, which is so they can market the stuff to you. They want you to leave the room, all this stuff. Like, 
I feel like we've had a lot of great commercials at the Super Bowl. This year we had some enjoyable ones too. Like I have my favorites for sure, but I think as a whole they weren't as bad as people made it out to be. They weren't bad. They just weren't great, you know? Like I didn't I didn't sit there thinking to myself, "Oh, that was a bad commercial." I mean, a couple times I did, but like as a whole, like, no I didn't. I, didn't, I wasn't Super like, Bowl. yeah, you know, I wasn't like, wow, this batch of Super Bowl commercials suck. I was just kind of like, okay, they're fine, they're yeah. all right. They're nothing like, some of them aren't great. I don't think from this crop, we will have any of them that live on in the lore of like best Super Bowl commercials ever. I just thought most of them were like, yeah, it was okay. Fine. I think one of them could live in that. World. Okay, go on. Uh, Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher, and when when they brought in Shaggy, yeah, that one. I think that one was the only one that would be maybe in that conversation. Yeah, that was my favorite one, and mainly because not even Mila Kunis or Ashton Kutcher, because Shaggy, Shaggy was the star. Oh, a hundred percent. Shaggy was the star. Anytime we can work, it wasn't me in. Phenomenal. It, honestly, yeah, but like Mila's acting, just like it wasn't me. Like it was just so good. She was spot on. I know that you said that like Shaggy stole the show, which he did. But which I have he did. To say, as a well, as a secondary character, fantastic. I was gonna say it's not shocking that like the celebrity couple they chose was Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. It, like it's not shocking that both of them did really well in the acting department and the commercial. Okay, like, I know, but like I just think that it's she's kind of their day job. I think she's great. Okay, just leave me alone. I thought she did fantastic, yeah. and I'm gonna and I'm gonna say that she did great. Yeah, and they're one of my favorite celebrity couples, honestly. Mila Kunis is great. I'm just I'm just saying I wasn't shocked at all because like like her and Ash are just great. Like, did you did you see that? Uh, there's this magazine that came out with a fake tabloid headline that was apparently about them getting a divorce, and they made fun of it on their Instagram. And they were like in the car, and she was like, "Babe, oh my god, are we breaking up?" <laughs> and Ashton's like. Yeah, babe, you didn't hear? And she was like, no. Oh, my God, is this for real? He's like, yeah, no, we're over. And she goes, yeah, it says here that, like, you had a crippling drug problem. And I'm like, man, we had a good run. Rough. <laughs> that's the best way to handle that, I feel like. Yeah, no, it made me it, it made me feel good that that's kind of who they are as a couple. So Yeah. I think the only other one that might live on just because of how, not that it was weird or wild, but it just stood out mm-hmm. was the Michael B. Jordan one. Which one? What? Where the chick was like, I don't even know. I think it was an Amazon commercial. The chick was like daydreaming, looking out the window, and like oh, Michael B. Jordan, yeah. and he was like half naked, and just being the sexiest man alive or whatever. And I was just like, what is going on? And they're like, oh, she's daydreaming. Yeah. Like I think that one might live on. I guess I forgot about that one, which is saying something considering like well, was, I have a major celebrity crush on Michael B. Jordan. It was tucked deep into the second half. Okay. Like, yeah. So I yeah. We were all kind of having a good time. Out. Yeah. Uh. The other one I remember is, uh, I think it was a Tide commercial. It had, um, they had George Costanza's face on a sweatshirt. Oh, yeah. My dad really liked that one. Yeah. I mean, I remember it. Um, I don't know how, like, I knew what they were trying to do, and I was kind of like, I'm like, okay, yeah, like, subjectively that's funny, but I didn't personally connect with it. You mean objectively that's funny? Sure. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Okay. That those weren't my favorite though. I I guess oh. the the Cheetos one was my favorite. That was my one A. I was about to say you said Cheetos was your favorite. So but my one B a close second. I'm a sucker for this guy, Matthew McConaughey, living You're life joking. as a two D figure, and then hopping into the vending machine, getting the Doritos three D. He crunches down on it. 
and then he comes back to to the real world of 3D. It was phenomenal. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm not a huge Doritos guy, but it made me want to go out and try these Doritos 3D. I hated that commercial. Which is the mark of a great commercial, right? I hated that commercial. That I was sitting there and I was like, I'm going to buy this product because of this commercial. That's all you want in a commercial, right? That's all you would want, but except I didn't have that same feeling. So What did you like about it? Did you just not get it? Like No, I got it. Great concept. I understand everything in that commercial. I don't like Matthew McConaughey. Why? Matthew McConaughey's great. He's a good actor. Mm, he's, he's an okay a, actor. He's a free spirit. Uh, his accent's annoying. I think he needs to stop being so into the University of Texas. I'm over it. I well, he's an Austin guy. Okay, cool. I don't. I don't care. I don't like him. So I mean, okay. When the second I saw that he was in the commercial, I tuned out. And then I saw like he went from 2D to 3D because of the 3D chips, and I was like, oh, okay. I see what you're doing there. Cool. But that did not make me want to go out and buy 3D Doritos. It was great. I loved it. But did, were there any ones that you absolutely hated? I don't even remember. Oh, wait. You know what I thought was actually kind of annoying? The State Farm commercial with Drake. Yeah, Drake's just annoying. That? I don't think Drake's annoying. I just find Drake to be annoying. I see him pop up, and I'm just like, you again. No. He was on SNL, and he had so many good uh, skits on there. Uh, the real question is, State Farm now cursed? Are they going to are, – yes. are owners in State Farm stock going, oh, my God, no! Yes. The Drake curse. Everyone should buy what is it progressive, progressive. farmers who are, who are their competitors. They need to buy into that because State I Farm's think, about to dip. I think everyone's buying into progressive now because of the at home with Baker series and then the we help turn people like we help make sure people don't turn into their parents when they become homeowners. Those two Very good. Uh, marketing campaigns right now, phenomenal. Top so, notch. I'm surprised we didn't get a at home with Baker. Maybe it was the same thing as the T-Mobile is that they just didn't want an NFL player in the commercial during the Super Bowl. Yeah, except for State Farm was like, now nah, we're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, they just they do their they Rogers the and Mahomes and maybe State Farm. That's that's the real curse is they broke the rules. Maybe that's True. why maybe that's why the Chiefs lost cuz Mahomes was in the commercial. Oh, I think we cracked the code. There you go. There you go. You heard it here first. Something to look out for next season. But that was our Super Bowl spectacular. I hope that you guys had a very safe but enjoyable viewing experience. Even though the game wasn't the greatest battle of all time, it was still fun because the Chiefs got pummeled. So always Rude. a good time when the Chiefs, that no, upstanding, classy organization that never oh, has anything wrong bro. going on. Okay, that's where we're going great. Um, I'm not going to get into that conversation right now. Okay, well, because you would lose every time. Anyway, for Christine, I'm Ryan Chapman. We will be back on Friday. Christine, do you have any words to leave the people of Earth with? That way they can get through the week until Friday. It's cold out there. Ryan is the worst. Those are my words. That that will be the hate that warms you through this very cold week here in the central part of the country. Until next time, at CBN Sports, at Radio is Ryan, at sideline w pod give all three of those a follow and we will see you on friday